Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. How many of you know when when God is going to do something good, things will come against it, right? Yeah, that's part of the story today, too, and I should have picked up on that. Uh, Really, I studied this week, and I'm learning, we're going to be preaching out of the book of Nehemiah. And what I uh, realized was there's a lot of information in Nehemiah, Mike. You could do like a 20-week series on the book of Nehemiah. We're not going to do that. We're going to do a two-week series. It'll be this week, and then at the end of the month, I get to preach to you all again, get to be with you. Praise God. I'm blessed to be able to do that. And uh, so we'll finish up the second part of what uh, we're going to talk about. So uh, if, if you look there, the book of Nehemiah, rebuild. Everybody say rebuild. rebuild. Do you know that you're always rebuilding? You, you can get brand new house. Maybe, Steve, you can attest to this. You can be building a house, building a house, get it back, and you look back and you go, man, it's beautiful. And in the next moment, you see something you could have added. Or maybe you shouldn't have added right? Or now now I need to finish the basement. Now I need to do this to the garage, or I need to do this to the guest room, or, or anything like that, you know? So, so we're always rebuilding in our life. Through this book, if you read the book and you take time with God, you're going to be rebuilding every day of your life, and that's awesome. A lot of you might, might think, why is that awesome? Because every time you learn something new, you know? Every time you learn something new. Every time I read this book, I see something new that I didn't see before. So let's, let's open our Bibles to Nehemiah. We're going to start in verse 1, or chapter 1, I'm sorry. Yep, and that would be the first verse we're going to go to. Let me give you a little background. So Nehemiah is, he is in, you know, he's, he's, he's waiting to hear what it looks like in Jerusalem. And I believe that the Lord had already had been burdening this on his heart for a long time. And he was, he was uh, in the first verses of one. And I'm going to start in three, even though it's not up there. It says, they said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Sometimes we look at that, right, in our lives where it's, it's a, we're in the middle of destruction and we're torn. I've been there in my life a lot of times. I can look at my whole life and then recently in my life with my marriage and my daughter and all that, and it, you feel destroyed sometimes. But what I've learned through all of that is the best place to be is, is at that point, even though it hurts so much, even though you're torn and you don't know what to do, because that's the cool thing about it. The only way you can turn is to God. And he will help you rebuild what you need to be rebuilt. And he will build in you. So in our message this week, it's titled Builders, or Wall Builders, Gatekeepers, and Warriors. That's what we have to be in our lives. We're constantly either doing all three at the same time or we're one of those at a time. 
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that, that you are always with us. Your word says that, that you are with us. Lord God, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this church, Lord God, what you're doing in this community, in these families. Lord God, even in the ones that we don't know yet, Lord, you're, you're working in them. Lord, let us be a people that love you, serve you, look for you, examine you, seek you. Lord God, that we're an example of who you are. And Lord God, let this be a church where the, the lame can come, the sick can come, the dead can come. Lord God, let this be a place where you will work through your people to heal this land, to rebuild these walls, and we give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, open our ears tonight, Lord God, today, to what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. I, I can tell you, I, I don't know what's going to happen through this message, but bear with me if, if I get emotional or something moves in me because I've been studying it. Man, God's been hammering me with different things. And uh, it's good. It's good because he's tearing down the old or the destructed. He's pulling that stuff away and he's putting new in, in its place. And, and it's awesome. And that's, that's what is going on in Nehemiah. So in verse 4, it says, when I heard this, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed to the God of heaven. And then I said, and then he's going to go into this prayer, but I want to first talk that when he heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to God of heaven. That is an important piece to this whole story. You see, he had a burden and he had a passion. And when I read that, I realized that I needed to have a burden and a passion for Gaylord. I thought I did. I thought I did when I came here, and, and it felt so good to come in here, and, and it felt like home. You know, you guys all greeted me and took me in, and I appreciate that. But I said, it was, I don't know how to explain it. When I was, I was sitting at my desk, and I seen that. And the words came to my head, do you have a burden and do you have a passion for this church, for this community? And I couldn't say no, but I couldn't say it was what it needed to be. So I pray to God that I will have the burden that he wants me to have. And I pray to God that he'll give me the passion that I need to do whatever he's called me here to do. And then I started thinking of y'all. Some of you were born and raised here. And sometimes when we get into that, you know, I can testify to when I was in my hometown of Zodisville. Sometimes you just get in this groove and things are going on around you that if you were someplace else, you'd go, what in the world's going on? But because you're in home and you're in your groove, you don't see those things. So the first thing I began to pray for us as a body was, Lord, give us the burden and give us the passion. And the second thing was, Lord, take our blinders off. If we have blinders, take them off. Because not all of us are like that. Some of you have a burning passion. And you're just waiting to do what God is, you know, you're just waiting for that door to open that you can walk through. 
And I've been praying, God, open those doors in their workplaces, in their homes, in their neighborhoods. Open those doors that they can begin to rebuild the wall. And I started to pray as, as Nehemiah started to pray. This is, this is an awesome, I'm going to read the whole thing. It's long, but I'm going to read the whole thing so we can understand this is the base for what God wants to do. Oh, Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people of Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember that you told your servant Moses, if you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in, your, in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into the, his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was a cupbearer to the king, or I was the king's cupbearer. Let me see, because I was just kind of reading. All right, so this is the way Nehemiah prayed. Now, if you go through that, you'll see the first thing he did was he recognized God and exalts him. Where's that at? Oh, Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love to those who love him and obey his commands. Listen to my prayer. The first thing he does is exalt God. He recognizes that the only person that can do this is God. Somebody asked me this morning, are you nervous? And I said, oh, no, I'm good. And then it hit me. No, I'm not. I should be nervous. And the, the brother that loves me said, you should be nervous. And then I got nervous about not being nervous. <laughs> and then I started thinking about that, and I'm like, yeah, because what I studied is heavy. And it's, it's, it's working in my heart. Thank God he prayed for me, you know. And it's not, it's a different kind of nervousness, you know. And maybe pastor, maybe David, it, it's there. But I want to get back to that burden. I want to get back to that passion. I want them butterflies turning in my stomach because this is the word of God. I want it to change me from the inside out. So I, after he left, I, got, I prayed. I stopped what I was doing and I prayed, God, the burden, that passion, I need it. So then the next thing, right, is he confesses and repents for the Israelites, himself and his family. So what's, where's that at? I confess, it's in verse 6. I confess that we, are, that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. 
We have sinned terribly by not obeying your commands, decrees, regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. So what does he do? He repents for everybody. He repents for himself, his family, his people. We have to do that. We have to repent for ourselves, our families, and this community. If we're going to be the hardest, listen, the hardest thing to do, the hardest job in the world, some could say mother, father, yep, but being a Christian is the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. If you don't know Jesus and you're here today, let me tell you, it's not a light move. It's a heavy move. It will change your life, and yes, it'll be awesome, and great things will happen, but do you think that the terrible stuff will stop? No. Actually, it gets harder, because you, you start to realize in your prayer time, and in your walk, and in your thing, that you're, a, that you're a builder. You're a wall builder, and that you have to be an example that people look for. And when you get caught not being a good example by somebody that don't know Jesus, it rips your heart out. It changes you. Because where before you'd be like, you blow it off, right? Oh, it's okay. But when you start loving Jesus and you start serving Jesus and you start seeking Jesus and something, even the smallest thing, that normally wouldn't affect you, and it might not affect you at that immediate second. This has happened to me, but on my drive home, I go, oh my gosh, what did I just do? And you know what? It's okay. I don't feel condemned, but I feel the conviction of that. And I'll pray, God, give me another opportunity. We're not going to hit every opportunity, people. We shouldn't be guilty of that. But we should learn from that. I had a few weeks ago, I was on my way down to Mason. I had to preach down there. And I was in a hurry. I was running late, pulling into a gas station. And uh, I get out, and I'm filling up my tank. And this happens all the time. Dave, this happens all the time. I'm minding my own business. Filling up my tank. I did the card thing so I didn't have to go in, you know? Side note, don't you hate it when you do that and then you have to go in and get the receipt because of the stupid machine? I hate that. <laughs> but, so I'm there. I'm filling up my gas, and I'm minding my own business. I'm looking towards the road, and all of a sudden I hear, quite the weather we're having, huh? And I'm like, I'm just trying to fill up my gas. I just want to go, you know? Which isn't usually like me. I'm, I'm a people person. I love you guys. But... I was in a hurry, you know. So he began to talk to me, and we had conversation, and, you know, he was throwing out some words that we probably don't use here, and, you know, which is okay. I was brought up that way. It doesn't, it happens, you know. And so I'm just trying to get through this conversation, and, and he finally gets in his truck, and, and, and I leave, you know, and I'm halfway down the ramp, and God goes, you blew it, huh? I said yeah, okay, man, thanks. Here I am. I'm on my way to preach somewhere, and you're going to hit me with this heavy stuff. But I pulled over because I knew that's what I had to do. And I pulled over, and I was looking. He went the other way, and I couldn't, I don't think I, had, I could have caught up with him because he was moving pretty good. He had a big double, uh, a blue, blue with a red stripe, a big double uh, wheeled truck, dually, yeah, dually Chevy truck, brand new, it was sharp, and I was like, I'm going to remember that truck, and I know where I was at, and I go there quite a bit, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to look for that opportunity again, but I blew my opportunity to be, to be a wall builder, and I'm, I'm praying that God doesn't, doesn't let me do that, you know, 
uh, uh, I'm praying in myself that I will be a wall builder every place I go. And, and wall builders, now listen, builders uh, do stuff like this, like this prayer, right? He's, he's protecting, he's covering, he's being a wall builder. Some of you are saying, well, aren't we supposed to tear walls down? Yes. Yes, and we're supposed to rebuild walls. We're supposed to let those dark spiritual battle walls that we've put up around ourselves to keep people from witnessing to us or even, even from letting God get in, even though he can get in. He could get in if he wanted to. But when you start to put those bricks up and you build yourself in, he's not, he's not going to bust down your wall until you ask him to. You see? And then once you ask him to, he'll help you rebuild the right kind of wall. You see that wall over there? Every person on that is a wall builder. They've said, I am giving my life to do what God's called me to do. That's what you did when you signed that wall. You said, I'm going to be a wall builder. I'm, I'm going to do what God's called me to do here. That's awesome. But it comes with a price, don't it? Anything in this world that is, is valuable will cost you, right? And if we look at monetary, but everything in the spiritual world will cost you your life. You got to be willing to give that sacrifice. It's not an easy job, but I'm thankful that most of us in here have done that. And we're saying, okay, God, what do you want to do in us? Let's start to rebuild these walls. It may be, you might have to start with yourself and do that first. And that's okay. It's okay. Start there. It might be, you might have to be helping with your family. Maybe, maybe your family's been going through something and maybe dad's out there, husbands, maybe that we weren't a good gatekeeper, which we're going to talk about. And we let some things in that we shouldn't have. It's okay. Everybody's done it. We make mistakes. You know what you got to do? Stop it. Find it. Stop it. Kill it. Start rebuilding the wall. Tear that piece out. Put a new one in. And start rebuilding that wall. So the, the third thing that he does is he reminds God of his covenant and his promises while exalting him and again asks to be heard. So in that, that's in verse 8. Thank you. I got a new Bible too. I, I had to get the big letter version. Okay, yes, eight. Please remember what, I, what, you, what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. So he's, he's reminding God of the covenant, but he's also saying, now, I'm reminding you, but I haven't forgotten that what we did was wrong you know, and that you scattered us. But remember, this is what you said. Do you think you have to remind God of things? This is what killed me in Nehemiah. I'm like, what is he doing? Why is he reminding? He don't need, God knows what he did. He's got a better memory than an elephant. He knows what he did. And he, he knows how he did it and why he did it. Or he let it happen. He knows all that. Why is he reminding him? Because he wanted to show God that I remember he wanted to show God, I know, I know what we did. I know what I did. Please, let's get back to what we need to do. And so that's what he did. And then the whole time he was still exalting him. He was still asking to be heard. 
And then in 4 it says, he asked for favor. Oh, man. If you don't get nothing else today, get this. You are the sons and daughters of the living God. Ask for favor. You don't know what to do in a work situation? God, give me what I need to know and give me favor with those that need to be heard. Ask for favor. You have not because you ask not. The, Carrie, that was awesome. Where's she at? she leave? Okay. Carrie, Carrie said it this morning. At, knock, ask. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be open to you. Right? We need to do that. That, remember I said it's not easy being a Christian. However, there's perks. There's perks, isn't there, Dave? Like the part where he says, I am a cupbearer to the king. Guess what? You're better than a cupbearer. You're the prince and you're the princesses of the living God, of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. All we have to do is ask. Praise the Lord. So, so, he, so he does all this, he prays. And then I'm going to kind of jump through the story a little bit. But what happens is, guess what? He gets favor with the king. And the king says, yes, go. Take all the time you need. Here's some supplies you didn't even ask for. And he gets all this stuff. How many of you could go and say, man, I need six months off of work? And, I, and by the way, could you pay me? Because don't think Nehemiah wasn't taken care of. Because he was, even though he wasn't working. He was working God's. See, when, when we work God's kingdom, he supplies every need. He takes care of everything. And, and let, me, let me be real with you. I tell my kids in the youth group, I'll be real with you. You be real with me. It is hard to lay down everything and go for God. It's not easy. It's, it's hard for us to even comprehend a lot of us. I've, only, I've been blessed where I've been in situations that the only choice I had was to do that. And God taught me through that how to lay stuff down. And I'm so thankful. That was only his grace and his mercy. He don't do that with everybody. Sometimes it's like the guy that came up to Jesus. And Jesus says, yeah, but you lack one thing. Give up everything and come follow me. Sometimes he does that. I'm thankful that he kind of nursed me through, you know, I'm thankful that that wasn't the words because I, I would have freaked out just like that other guy did. I, I don't know if I wouldn't have eventually made it because what I've learned is God has made me obedient, which is really cool because I was the most disobedient, rebellious person you ever met, Mike. I bet you I was worse than you, man. Yeah? I don't know. I bet you it was close. But it's God's grace and God's mercy, isn't it? And that's what's gotten me through. And I, and I pray that's what he gets, gets through you. Let's jump. So, so what happens is, is he gets all this stuff, and the king gives him favor, and he's on his way. And now he's going to go and inspect the walls. And, and I want to point this out, because I think this is, when I said uh, wall builder, now Nehemiah is all three of these, by the way. So he's a wall builder, he's a gatekeeper, and he's a warrior. And we'll see that throughout the end of this. But, so, but what he does is he slips away, during the night, taking only a few others, taking only a few others, and, uh, and he had not told anybody about the plans that God had put in his heart for Jerusalem. So 
But he snuck out is what he did, and he went to inspect the walls. And you see what he was doing, Steve? He was getting a plan. What do you mean? I'm going to tell you right now. If you're a Christian, you better have a plan. You better have a, if you're, if you're a father, you better have a plan. And if you're a father of girls, you really better have a plan. You better have a plan because God is going to use that plan to shape their lives. And if you get caught without a plan, it's going to mess you up. And it could mess up your family. Same thing at work, same thing in the ministry. You got to have a plan. I've learned that. And it's, Sarah, my assistant, I won't point her out because she'd hate that, but she would tell you that when she first met me to where I am now, I've come a long ways, but she would probably also tell you I got a long ways to go. Sometimes I don't have all my ducks in a row, and I need to work on that because when you lead, you have to do that. When you're a wall builder, you better have a plan. When you're a gatekeeper, you better have a plan because somebody said this. If you're, if you're a leader and you're going for a walk and you look and you're leading people, right, and you're in a line and you look behind you and there ain't nobody behind you, you all you're doing is going for a walk. You're, see, you're not a leader unless somebody's following you. So you got you to gotta have a plan when you're rebuilding, when, you, when you're a gatekeeper. That's part of what God has called you to do. So we're going to jump to uh, Nehemiah 2. Is this, I'm trying to look. Then I said to them, okay, we might stop using this because I, I'm not used to it, so sorry about that. Okay, so we're in, uh, we're in verse 2, chap- yeah, ver- chapter 2, and we're in verse 17. But now I said to them, uh, you know very well, okay, so, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead, but, okay, so, so he goes and inspects the wall, and he comes back, and he's talking, he's getting ready to talk to the officials. Well, he is talking to the officials. So he's already, he's already plotted in his, his head what his plan is. And he comes back, and he's talking to the officials, and he says, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall in Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And they replied at once, yes, let us rebuild the wall. So part of his plan was when he expected the wall, he knew, and he knew that the other people knew. And they had really not done anything about it, right? So he wasn't saying, he wasn't rubbing their face in it, but he was letting them know that, okay, one, God has called me to do this. And two, I got a plan. And then he reveals to them, you know, what, what it looks like. This is what, but God's grace and God's mercy is with me. And they recognize that. And they said, yes, let's rebuild the wall. How many of you at work have to go through the chain of command? That's a hard thing sometimes. But it's all part of being obedient. And when we pray, like I said before, and we ask for favor and we're obedient to the, to the system, guess what? God will give you favor and give you more than what you asked for. And he'll do it. And they, you will have the favor of the people as well. If you got the favor of God, you will have the favor of people, even if they don't want to give it to you. You ever meet one of those people? Huh? Ornery, grumpy, atheist. 
people that don't love God, don't want to be a part of God, but God does something through you, and they give you favor. Quick story. I was at the camp last year, and a friend of mine, he, 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 uh, he builds, um, he's a big uh, heating and cooling guy, and uh, he has a plane, so he flew up, and he gets, he brings somebody with him, he brings his brother-in-law. His brother-in-law is a confirmed atheist, and he comes, and he's talking about his life, and, and I could tell right away that, that he used to know God. You know what I'm saying? Well, kind of doesn't work that way, <laughs> you know? And uh, so I listened to him, and he told me his story, he told me about his wife that passed away, and God immediately spoke to me. He's hurting, and he's bitter. And so we began to talk, and, and I, before he left, I, I began to tell him that. I said, you know, I'm sorry that you're hurting. And I can see that life has thrown you a curveball and it's made you a little bitter. But I can tell you this, the God you knew when you were a child, he still exists. And I said, I think you know that. And I said, I'm going to be praying for you. And he teared up, but he wouldn't say nothing. But before he left, <laughs> God gave me favor. And he, he gave a donation to the camp. <laughs> later on, later on when Bob got home, he goes, he goes, you know, I know God is with you because you can even give a, uh, you can even, uh, uh, or an atheist will even give you money. And, I, and I'm like, it's not me, it's God. If you're obedient to what God tells you, when you hear it and you know it's him, do you have to slam people? You ever see those guys? Jesus' name. You don't have to do that. Clarence, you don't have to smack people around. You just got to show them your heart. Because listen, nobody believes that you're a mind reader. Nobody believes you're a mind reader. How else are you going to know that word of knowledge unless God gives it to you? That messes with their mind. It messed with my mind. I was like, ooh, when that happened to me before I was saved. It's like, how do they know that? And sooner or later, you know, it adds up. And I finally figured out God knew me, and that's what changed me, because people were obedient. Brothers and sisters were, again, wall builders and gatekeepers. Okay, we got to get to the gatekeepers. All right, we're almost there. So in chapter 3, it starts, and it goes all the way through these different gates, these different people. I'm not going to read it all, because it's a lot. But if you would go to verse 3, chapter 3, I mean... Uh, verse 28. We're going to talk about that gate specifically. All right, so we're wall builders, people on the wall. We, we tear down bad parts and we put in new parts. And we, we work with people. We rebuild walls in our lives and in their lives. Gatekeepers. Here's the gatekeeper part. So in verse 28, it says, Above the horse gate, the priestly repaired the wall. The priest repaired the wall. Each one repaired their section immediately across from his own house. Next, Zadok, son of Immer, also rebuilt uh, the wall across from his own house. Across from his own house, he rebuilt the wall. Okay? Remember that. Um, and beyond him was Shema, the, the Shekiniah, the gatekeeper of the east gate. 
And then it goes Hananiah, son of Hanan, the sixth son of Zalphiah, repaired another section while Mishalem, son of Berakah, rebuilt the wall across from where he lived. Where? Across from where he lived. Malajai, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the wall as far as the housing for the temple servants and merchants across from the inspection gate. Then he continued as far as the upper room at the corner. The other goldsmiths and merchants repaired the wall from the corner of the sheep gate. So here's Nehemiah. So let me give you a little reference. So here's Nehemiah. He goes to the officials. Yes, let's rebuild. He gets all the people together, and he says, okay. He says, Dave, I want you and your family, I want you to come over here, and I want you to repair this gate, and I want you to repair this part of the wall. And then he grabs another person, and he says, okay, Mike, I want you, I want you to take this part of the wall in the gate, and your family. And then he grabs somebody else, and then he grabs somebody else, and he keeps doing this until each has their own part across from where they live. Huh. Well, that's weird. No, I, that's godly order. That's the function it's supposed to be. So where do we need to start? We need to start with our family. We need to start with us, our family. Let's get that going. Then let's start working where we're at. And then as a community, community, once we got ourselves fixed up or rebuilt and we're guarding our gates, then we can come and do the community, which is the community right here. Then we're able to help each other. And then it gets really good. It gets really good. In this story, it gets really good and really good. And I can't do it all today, even though I want to, because we're going to save the rest for the celebration. But the gatekeepers, right? We're going to talk about the warriors before we go. But the gatekeepers, man, it's important that we watch over those gates. Why? Because they're entry points. They're entry points for the enemy to work. That's why they're important. Fathers, you're the gatekeeper of your household. Husbands, gatekeepers of your household. That's just the way it is. Well, what if I don't have a husband? You're blessed because you got Jesus watching your gate. All you got to do is listen. Oh, and by the way, husbands and fathers, remember your wife is your helpmate, not, not somebody you press your thumb on. They don't work for you. It's a, it's a growing relationship. You're one with God. You submit one to another. But the hard thing is, get this, you're supposed to protect them. That isn't on them. That's on you. Oh, yay. That, that's not really fair, is it? But you can blame Adam for that because he wasn't where he needed to be and didn't do what he should have done when he should have done it. So that's why we got that responsibility. So, now that we got that cleared up, you good with that, Mike? Yeah, you're like, yeah, thanks, brother. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Mike, you just happen to be in the spot where I turned my head in there. That's why. Dave, too, he's just... I can pick on Nate a little bit back there, too, I guess. All right, so that's where we are. So we got wall builders, gatekeepers, and now we're going to talk about warriors. What do you mean? I love this part of the story. This is one of my favorite parts of the story because we're all called to be warriors. What do you mean? Every one of us, little to oldest, are called to be warriors. 
because we're all part of rebuilding the wall. We're all part of this community that's rebuilding this wall and guarding these gates. So if you go to verse, um, let's start at 4, verse 10. It says, the workers are getting tired and there is so much rubble to be moved, we will never be able to build the wall ourselves. Okay, I wanted to mention that before we get to the warriors because when you work for the Lord and when you, you're starting to rebuild those walls and you're starting to mine those gates, one, there's going to be opposition, and two, you're going to get tired. Don't stop. Don't stop. God is with you. He will give you strength. He will come beside you. He will guard you. He will help you. He will be your strength. The Lord says he will be your strength. He'll give you joy even in that time. And so, so I just wanted to point that out. Listen, it's not easy. We're with you. I'm being real with you. It's not easy to do these things, but God is with you. And if you, per, if you persevere, right, that's a, that's a gift of the Spirit. If we persevere, uh, go to verse uh, 19, 13. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest part of the wall in the exposed areas. So not only, all right, so you got to picture this in your, in your mind, okay? They're tired, and there's holes in the wall now because they've removed the rubble, and they're tired, and there's holes in the wall. But he posts guards there to watch it. God does that for us. He puts angels around us. God will put angels to guard those holes until we can get them repaired. So wall builders... Gatekeepers and warriors. So let's go down to verse 14. And about halfway through it says, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Skip down to 16. But, but from now on, only half my men will work while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats, in mail, of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on in their work, one hand supporting their load and the other holding a weapon. All the builders, everybody say all the builders, had a sword belted to their side. The trumpet stayed with me to sound the alarm. The sword should always be on your side. The word of God should always be on your side. The word of God will help guard your hearts, will help guard what you're doing. The word of God is very important. That sword belted to your side is very important. That's what's going to continue to help you be those wall builders, those gatekeepers, and those warriors. Hallelujah. So the next, next time... Uh, the 30th when I preach. We're going to go through the rest of it. So today was a little heavy on calling out and saying this is, you know, this is us. This is the people that God's called us to be. The next time we come together, we're going to talk about celebration and about what we do through all of this, what God does through it. I don't want to give you the rest of the story because I want it to be exciting for you. So um, if the worship team will come and get ready. Um, so we need to find out where we're at, each one of us. 
you know, are we, are, we, are we building walls? Are we rebuilding walls? Are we guarding our gates? Are we being the warrior that God called us to be? So as we get ready to pray, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about where you are. Because to be, to, to, to get, for, for us as a church, to get where God is calling us to go, and I think a lot of us in here know where God is calling us to go. And what God's going to do, there's been too many visions, there's been too many prophecies uh, over this church. They're coming. They are coming. Amen. And if we're not ready, God could pass it by, to be honest with you. We have to be ready. We have to be working in what God called us to do. We need to be the wall builders. We need to be the gatekeepers. And we need to be the warriors for this place. A couple of weeks ago, I know Pastor put out, uh, where are you called to work? Where, what has God put on your heart? A lot of you went up and, and signed that wall. Some of you knowing where you're supposed to be and some of you not. I would ask, and I've been praying with you, continue to pray, God, where have you called me to be? Because we're all part of one body, one spirit, of one God. And he's not going to have us going in multi-directions. He's going to have us all using our gifts and talents going into one direction like a flock of geese. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that even through it, Lord God, you've changed me. I give you glory for that, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, I pray for any hearts today, Lord God, that are searching out who you are. Lord, I pray today if there's somebody in here that don't know you, that today will be their day. Lord, they'll take their place as a wall builder. They'll take their place as a gatekeeper. They'll take their place as a warrior. So Lord God, I, I pray, Lord God, that, uh, that with every head bowed, I pray if, if, you, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. I want you to know that you're invaluable to God. You have worth. You are priceless to him. You may have been told all your life that you're worthless. That's not godly. That's not from God. You are priceless in his eyes. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll be with them, Lord God. Give them strength. Give them courage to search you out more. Go, come into their heart today, Lord God, and take over their lives. Maybe you're here today and you're in a, a lull in your life and you know what God has called you to, but you can't gain the strength or you can't, the doors aren't being opened or, or maybe you've been seeking confirmation of that. I'm going to pray that God will give you that. God will give you confirmation of what you're called. If that's you today, I want you to raise up your hand. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for my brothers and my sisters, Lord, that rose their hand, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you show them, Lord God, where you want them, what you want them doing amongst this body, Lord God. I pray for the call on their life. Lord God, I pray for that young man, Lord God, that you, you're making a way. You're clearing a path for him. 
Lord, I pray right now that he'd be bound to your path and to your purposes, Lord God, from this point on for the rest of his life. Lord God, you'll lead him, you'll guide him, you'll open doors for him. Lord, that he can put those, those the past behind him. And remember, his identity is found in you. That you made him, that you called him. And he's on your path, Lord God. And he will fulfill your purposes. Lord, I pray you take him back to that moment where you told him what you wanted him to do. And Lord God, I pray right now that he grabs a hold of that. He grabs a hold of you. And Lord God, that anchor would be set. And Lord, he'll go on with passion. He'll go on with a burden to do what you've called him to do. In Jesus' name. And Lord God, I pray for my sister. Lord God, and rose her hand, Lord God. Lord, that you have already, you've already set her amongst where she's supposed to be and what she's supposed to be. Lord God, I pray for clarity. And Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, when that happens, Lord, you'll, you'll quicken the word of God in her that she'll know what to speak and what to do. And Lord, I pray a, a, a spirit of strength over her, a boldness, Lord God, to be the woman of God that you've called her to be, not just at home, but in her workplace. And Lord God, you'll give her favor. And Lord God, you'll send people to her. You'll even send... Uh, people above her to ask her about you. And Lord God, she, you've already given her the knowledge. Lord God, I just pray for that boldness and for the opportunity and for obedience in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. And I thank you for my brother, Lord God, that rose his hand. He said for a long time, Lord God, I'm yours, I'm yours. And maybe right now, Lord, he's, he's thinking, how? Lord God, all he needs to do is be obedient. So, Lord God, I, I pray, Lord God, that eyes would be open right now. And, Lord God, you would give a picture in his mind of who, where, and when, and what to say. In Jesus' name. And, Lord God, we just give you glory. Lord, I give you glory for these people that are here today that make up the hope, Lord God. I thank you for our pastors, Lord God, that love them, our shepherds, Lord God. I, Lord, I pray that you, you will bless them where they are. Give them rest. Give them peace, Lord God. Give them safe travel home. And, Lord God, we thank you for our shepherds, that you've put a vision in their heart, a passion in their being for us. Yes, Lord. We give you glory for them. Lord, I give you glory for this body of believers, this community of Christ. Lord God, that we are wall builders, Lord God. We are gatekeepers, and we are warriors for you. And Lord, let your will be done here at the Hope. And Lord, let your will be done in each of our lives to fulfill your kingdom calling. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. We pray you enjoyed this message. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.